Hello, this is the Like Dragons Did They Fight audio series, and I am here with the coolest couple. And I'm so excited for you to get to know them and to hear their story. This is Andy and Jennifer Smith, and they are really neat. You're going to love their story about their relationship and their life and what brought them to life-changing services and uh, what they heard here and found here that have helped and assisted them in their own personal lives, but also that they feel passionate enough to want to use that information and take it a step further. So they're really passionate about eternal warriors and the Like Dragons Did They Fight book and the principles that we teach at Life Changing Services. And I'm just going to ask you, um, Andy and Jennifer, if you'll just kind of introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about you as a couple or maybe individuals, what you enjoy doing. And so we kind of get a feel for, well, who are these people that we can't even see in this recording? Okay. Our relationship started way back in, in junior high. And just to tell you how long ago that was, we celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary last June. So cool. Junior high school has been a while ago. Um, she was 11 and I was 13 when we started sitting together on the bus ride to school. And that's where our friendship started. And I, we took a pause, I guess, while I served a mission in Japan and got back together afterwards and been married for over 30 years now. And that sounds like a perfect story, but there's a lot of stuff in between that wasn't so great. <laughs> Love it. All right, Jennifer, tell us a little bit more about the story. Sure. So... Let me just say that we are privileged to have six children, and we have eight beautiful grandchildren. It's a different stage of life. And um, my husband actually loves gardening, and we joke around that his two favorite passions are gardening and gardening, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, because he loves to nurture and grow plants, and he loves to nurture and grow people. And um, I'm kind of a nature buff myself. I love uh, going on hikes and especially like taking our dog up to the mountains and, um, of course, love spending time with our family at parties and, and events like that. But, yeah, our, our marriage is, was really good till about 25 years in. And um, I started feeling like we were a little bit disconnected. And I think we all have ups and downs in our marriage. Sure, sure. But it just seemed like it was going on for quite a few years, actually. I remember going on a cruise, and that should be, like, fun and romantic. And and it was a little bit, but still somehow, heart to heart, it just felt like there was this disconnect. And and I couldn't quite figure out why. And um, so, yeah. 25 years into the marriage, we were having a little um, fight. My husband will say it's an argument. We don't fight. It's not a fight. <laughs> I used argument. to fight with my brothers, and that, I don't fight with my wife. It's <laughs> it was a fight. So, okay, so we could say a disagreement, right? Yeah. And, um, so we were just standing in the kitchen, and he said to me, well, you never wanted to be with me anyway. And then he proceeded to break down in tears. And I thought, what in the world is going on? Of course, I wanted to be with you. We've got six children and had some grandchildren at the time. And um, then he also said, well, that's it. I just ruined everything. 
and um, he proceeded to break down even more and left the house. And to tell you the truth, I thought he just ruined everything. Like, did he have an affair or what? Like, that's what the first thing that crossed my mind. Yeah. Fortunately, that's not true. <laughs> that was not what was going on. Um, but I was nervous because he had dealt with depression for quite a long time. I think, Karen, that's what happens when you have teenagers. <laughs> Somehow this depression happened, you know, at that stage of life with our teenagers and yeah. kind of big time kicked in with the teenagers. But um, anyway, I was afraid. I was afraid that, you know, what terrible thing has happened that maybe our marriage is over, we're going to be divorced, or that he would actually act upon suicidal tendencies that he'd had for quite a few years. And so I was afraid. I grabbed the car keys, actually, and, and um, drove down the road and kind of followed him, trying to see where he was going, and felt like I was a failure. You know, what did I do? I'm not good enough in this marriage. Obviously, I did, did some bad things along the way to cause us to have this relationship breakdown, but I didn't understand what was going on. And so here's where I'll let him kind of tell his side. Awesome. Um, Thank you. So it's... It's kind of a complicated story because it seems to have happened all in one night, but it didn't. It was things were going on for years, and like Jennifer said, we just didn't really know what was going on. So you know, I have identified that in in every relationship problem, it's because of two things. It's because of things that you do not know. It's because of things that you do know that aren't true. Mm. And it almost sounds contradictory, but they're, they're kind of like two sides of the same coin. And, and so that's, that's kind of what was happening with us. Yeah, I, I took off that night. I got about two houses down the street, and then I came back into the house just long enough to scream to my kids, I'm sorry for ruining I'm sorry for ruining your lives because I knew. That's what divorce does. Tears families apart and it wreaks havoc in the lives of the children. And I just knew that that's where we were at that point. And I wandered. It was in the middle of winter. I wandered around town. Actually, I was looking for a snowbank that I could just fall face first into and not move and hopefully through the night. I would be fro-solid, and and that would be all there was to it. I, I didn't know how I was going to recover from, from this mess that we were in. Um, fortunately, even though I have a pretty high pain tolerance in most areas, when it comes to the pain you feel from cold, I'm really a wimp. <laughs> really, I just, I just wimped out. I couldn't freeze myself to death. <laughs> and. After several hours that night, I don't know, midnight, one, one in the morning, I, I did, I came back home and we spent a really quiet night, not at all restful, but in the morning we began to talk. And two things that caused this, I had come to believe that my wife did not love me anymore. She was not interested in who I was as a person, and those things that were core values to me were nothing to her, and she didn't care about any of that. And the other thing that I came to believe 
is that if I ever said anything, that would be like opening the can of worms. And that was the most surest way of ruining my marriage is to bring it out in the open. I believed that I had to keep this all to myself and figure out on my own how I was going to fix this because saying anything would be the surest way to end it. Mm. And, and day by day, I kept getting evidence of how we just weren't a fit anymore. And it kept building and building and building until, you know, she would say and do things and I would think to myself and get frustrated and be angry and say, see, there it is again. We're just, it's not working anymore. And I held it in and held it in and held it in until that night when I thought I was thinking things again. But when I heard it with my ears, I went, oh, crap, did I just say that out loud? <laughs> and, and when it was obvious that I had just said it out loud, that's when I said, well, I've just ruined it. That's where I was coming from when I made that statement. I had just ruined everything now because now I had let the worms out and there was no way to fix it now. And, and to me, where I was at, I knew that was the end. And so I left. I didn't know how to deal with the end of it. Mm -hmm. uh, looking back after we began to talk and I realized that letting it out did not destroy everything, I felt this huge burden come off my shoulders. And I realized that wasn't true, was it? that if I talked about this, that it was going to be over. That wasn't true. Mm. Maybe there's some other stuff that also wasn't true. <laughs> and so we talked and, and we dug, and it took quite a long time. But I actually figured out that years ago, we were just outside enjoying our backyard, the evening sunset, and, and I was just looking around, and I made a comment that, you know, because I'm a gardener, so I think about things like that. I looked up on my roof and I said, wouldn't it be cool if we built a second floor on this house and it was a greenhouse <laughs> and I could grow all this cool stuff on the top floor of our house? And she just went, well, that ain't going to happen. So for her, as I said that all she saw was these huge numbers of money that we would never probably have. And, and I kind of knew that I was like a way out there stretch of my imagination, but I just thought that'd be cool. And I wasn't really making plans, but she thought maybe I was making plans to spend money we didn't have. And so that was her reaction to a little bit of fear. Well, the message that was planted into my mind was, did you hear that? She doesn't care about the things that you care about. And I didn't realize that happened until you know, a few months later, I said something again, and she responded in the way that wasn't, didn't feel good to me. And that voice said again, see, there's some more evidence of she doesn't care about you. Mm -hmm. And the more that I been, began to believe that statement, the more evidence I found of it being true. And it just kind of exponentially increased until it was like many times a day I was I mean, it got to the point that she, it, she couldn't do or say anything, that it wasn't evidence to me that she didn't love me in some way. And, and that's, that's what happened. And so somehow, somehow we got through that and, and, and was able to fix things. And we learned a lot through the process. But we look back on that now after we have found eternal warriors and thought, oh, my gosh, had we known... <laughs> About these things, 
at that time, first of all, it never would have happened. But if it still would have happened, we would have worked through that in such so much less pain and so much less time. We'd have got through it. Mm, that's awesome. So how did you even first find the information of Eternal Warriors? And Well, um, after we kind of got our marriage kind of back on track and worked through some things and and of course it wasn't perfect. They would I would still get those, you know, times coming up where it oh see, there's evidence and no, I don't think that's evidence, but it sure seems like it. Yes. After Eternal Warriors, I definitely know the difference between the truth and the lies. And and that's that's been powerful. But so we have done business as a team since nineteen ninety three. And so we were looking for a way that we could continue to provide a valuable service and really impact improvement in people's lives. And I became the first counselor to our bishop, and we had had conversations about the things that I was hoping to to do and accomplish, the direction I was wanting to head. And it's really interesting. I didn't find Eternal Warriors. His wife came across life-changing services website Mm -hmm. because that sounds like something that maybe Andy would be interested in. So she copied off, printed off a bunch of papers and handed it to her husband and he handed it to me. And I immediately went to the website and went, Oh my gosh, I think this is it. This is the rest of my life right here. This is what I want to learn. This is what I want to teach. This is how I want to empower people to change. And my life's experiences have plenty of teaching moments themselves but this is just going to be a powerful way to implement who I am and, and help other people become who they are meant to be. Oh, that's awesome. Jennifer, what would you like to add about the night of, okay, now we finally started talking the next morning. And what, what was your perception of, uh, is there anything you'd like to add there? And then what you, what your side of finding eternal warriors meant to you? Sure. So, one of the things we teach in eternal wars is the idea that there's these voices in our mind. (laughs) And so as we discussed what had been going on, it was soon apparent that the um, adversary had been pounding him with all these lies because obviously I love my husband. I um, committed to him, you know, committed to the covenants that we've made and I had no idea how bad things were. And sometimes in life it's that way. We don't know how bad it is until we get through that rough spot. And then we look back and go, wow, we were in kind of a scary spot, you know, because sometimes people have experiences like that and they're not able to work it out and they need extra support, you know, whether it's professional counseling and therapy um, or we, you know, we encourage couples, let's do some prevention come and learn these principles before you have to go through that. And so that's what I loved about Eternal Warriors is the idea. It's a lot on the prevention end of pain and suffering as well as addictions. Yeah. You know, we joke about, I like my chocolate and, (laughs) and I tell my husband, isn't that okay if I'm stressed that I go and I grab my chocolate. But the problem is if I'm stressed because I just had a fight with my son or there was just some tension going on and we keep avoiding that problem. I run and grab my chocolate and soothe myself. Then I'm setting up a pattern for a real addiction. I'm never really getting to the problem and fixing it. And so 
that's what I was excited about Eternal Warriors is being able to teach people principles that are actually used in addiction recovery and how much more powerful for those of us who don't have clinical addictions when we can understand this and apply it in our lives, it can prevent so many issues from addictions to divorces to um, all the arguments that go on in families. It's super, super empowering. Uh, I also loved that um, when we looked at being mentors, that they had the lessons all outlined for us. And we were privileged to have Karen as our first level teacher, and she was fantastic to get us going. Um, and then Anelody Milne to teach us on levels two and three. And, you know, everybody just needs to understand these principles in their lives. Take the class and, you know, maybe you don't want to be a mentor, but at least to know these things for your yourself and your relationships and your family is just super powerful. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit more of, because if I were listening to this and I had never met you and heard you, I'd be thinking, wow. That sounds like I really do need to know about that, but what is it that they're doing? Like, why is it? So just that, this audio series, how it's titled, Like Dragons Did They Fight? In our modern day, the thing that we fight against is the same enemy we've always had, right? And so so it was you uh, waking up to, oh my goodness, this attack and this war, these battles that I'm facing against this enemy are so personal and so real uh, to the point that something that I could define something that was good as not good because I kept, I believed the voices in my head that I shouldn't even trust. And so, like, how, what can you tell us more about Eternal Warriors, and like, how do you implement the principles of Eternal Warriors in a marriage? Like, what what would it do to help your marriage? Like, what have you noticed that that you've been able to do? Because you're both Eternal Warriors mentors, and if you're listening to the audio, you can go to eternalwarriorstraining.org, and you'll see Andy and Jennifer on there and the, on the mentors page. Um, so you'll be able to say, oh, that's what they look like. I've heard their voices. Because it's so good to know when I can see other people's hearts, not just their faces, then I can see me. I can see me and I can hear truth because somebody else is sharing it. So with you guys, what is it about Eternal Warriors that you've noticed when you teach other couples or other people or in your own marriage that you've thought this principle in eternal wires really helped us to see this was what, what was really going on. I think maybe one of the first things and, and maybe one of the biggest things is learning how to be aware of what you're feeling. That's an easier thing for women than it is for men. Most men don't even know they're having feelings at all. Mm-hmm. And and we and if we do, we ignore them because certainly if we express our feelings in some way, that's that's not very macho, right? Right. We, we got to be macho. <laughs> it's in our nature that we don't, you know. We think it's a sign of weakness to to have feelings, and and that's just 
another one of those things that the, the message that that Satan has been spreading for generations from father to son forever that if if we if we ask for help we're weak if we express emotion we're weak and those are just lies so within the marriage i think this really applies because we have times in your marriage where you're not completely together with your spouse and there's negative feelings right and we think that those negative feelings are indications that there's something wrong with him or her or something wrong with our marriage. It just doesn't work because it's causing all these negative feelings. Well, we've learned to identify that negative feelings come from outside of yourself, come from outside of your marriage. They come from an enemy who has been trying to destroy you and your relationship since it began. And so, I had I had a thought. I think it just flew out the window for a second. <laughs> Maybe Jim can fill in, and, and when that comes back, I'll grab it. Yes. Yeah, so what comes to my mind is is having these principles in your life. You are going to have more of that feeling of heart to heart connectedness, and you're going to have less arguments. And I think a lot of it when he talks about the enemy, the true enemy. When you do have these negative feelings and this tension between you, when you can realize that, I mean, yes, we have choice. In our religion, we have this thing called free agency. And and we can't literally say that Satan made me do it. But understanding that he is the major influence that wants us to have these negative feelings, that wants us to argue, that wants us, you know, he wants to drive wedges between these important relationships. When you understand that, oh, gives you such a new perception as to, oh, he must be, we call it the satanic spin. He must be in a little spin right now. <laughs> and, and it gives you a little more compassion and understanding and patience because we're still going to have tough stuff, right? Sure. It's going to be there. Sure. But when you understand and you both understand these principles, then you're more on the same team and you're fighting together instead of fighting each other. Mm, that's so good. So, yeah, the thing that I wanted to emphasize was that the negative feelings, we've learned that negative feelings are not an indication that there's something wrong in your relationship. It's just an indication that you have an enemy who is inflicting pain into your relationship. And when we understand that, and when we have those negative feelings, take it out on the real enemy, not your spouse, because your spouse is on your team. <laughs> and so that has been just really powerful for us. And in our house, you will hear us say, get away, Satan. Leave me alone. <laughs> get the hint, Satan, right? Um, because you understand. You understand where that influence is coming from. And that's not really you. That's not the divine person that you are meant to be. But sometimes we get caught in that lie, too. Yeah, for sure. That's so great. You mentioned something uh, before we started our interview about how this has helped you as parents uh, with being more patient with what you deal with as parents and with your teenagers. What would you say about that? It's basically the same thing because it's 
it's just another relationship that we have. And I, I used to, like, like Jennifer kind of mentioned that the part of my depression was because I was watching my children use their free agency in a way that I didn't approve of. Mm, <laughs> yeah. that a kind way to say it. Going against the values that we as parents had taught them. Yeah. We hope that our children will live according to those values that are, you know, we treasure, but sometimes they don't, so we can't throw them out with the bathwater. So <laughs> another Another one of those lies that gets inserted in such a subtle way that you hardly recognize it is when, when your children choose differently than what you've taught them, you get this message that as a parent, you have failed. And that ate away at me every day. And I got to the point where I couldn't even make a decision on anything because I was convinced that it did not matter which way I decided to do anything. It always turned out wrong. It was always the wrong thing. Mm. And that was one of the lowest points of my depression. And I actually had to be released from church callings and everything else that I could be relieved from so I could have time for healing. And I, I just believed so much in that lie that I had failed as a father. I, I just had a hard time dealing with that. But now, you know, I can, instead of seeing my children and the choices they're making, instead of feeling frustrated and, and then hurt, and then you always cover up hurt with anger, you go through all of these negative emotions. And instead of going through that whole tornado of junk, mm -hmm. I can look at them and I can love them and I can see the greatness that is in them. And I know that when they are struggling, I feel bad for them. And I, and I want to say, how can I help you? Instead of being angry and saying, what is wrong with you? How could you do that? What are you thinking? <laughs> Instead of all of that scenario, it's just I feel kind and loving and compassionate. Say, what do you need me to do to help you? Because I can see, I can see the battle in them. I see what they're fighting, and I know who the enemy is. And, and it just has brought so much peace into my life and into my heart that I can look at my children in spite of the choices they're making. I know what they're fighting. I know who they're fighting. And, and I can be at peace. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. So good. So you mentioned something earlier, and it was, why not... Uh, it's so good because it helps you to identify who the real enemy is and then to put your energy into fighting against the real enemy and realize that the people that you love, protect, and defend and fight for, you're all on the same team fighting the same enemy. What are some things that you do to fight the right enemy? Like, what do you do that's like, this is how we fight the enemy? This this is a fun one because you know how much we've heard this through our, through our lives. Pick your battles. You can't fight every single battle. Pick your battles. And and I used to think that that meant well, am I going to tolerate this misbehavior and and really be strict on this other one? And I have to like prioritize 
<laughs> those kinds of things and pick and choose out of those. And mm -hmm. I realize that there's a whole nother level to what that means. Choose your battles. We don't have to battle with our spouse anymore. We don't have to battle with our children anymore. It's a battle with Satan. And, and so it's like between me and my wife, do I want to battle this? Okay, so, you know, we're not going to agree on everything. I have values that are really important to me. She has ones that are really important to her, and they don't always 100% line up. Sure. And so are we going to battle those things? Or when we have negative feelings, am I going to say, I'm going to battle Satan instead of worrying about this thing that doesn't quite line up between us? I have negative feelings when this situation comes up. But knowing who the enemy is, that it is not her, and that her difference is not wrong, then I can say, I'm going to pick my battles. And I'm having a negative feeling right now. And instead of fighting with my wife over that negative feeling, I'm going to fight Satan. And there's some fun things that you can do. Can you believe that a fight can be fun? There's some fun things you can do to fight Satan. Laughing is one. So, so we, have, we have some things we, we call, um, well, we call them drills because drills are something that you, you practice so much that it becomes second nature. It's like building uh, drills. The purpose of drills is to create muscle memory. And so we want to do that spiritually. And so we can do things that bring up happy, positive energy. Lay aside the difference between you and realize that that negative feeling is coming from Satan and do whatever it takes, praying, singing, dancing, jogging, uh, boxing at a punching bag, whatever it takes to bring up positive chemicals to change that energy in you is the way we fight Satan. That's excellent. Yeah, warrior chemistry. That's so cool. Anything, yeah. anything you'd like to add to that, Jennifer? Well, one of my favorite things to do to get that war chemistry going is the declarations or the affirmations of truth. And so um, some of my favorite ones is that I'm fighting for my husband and our relationship and the connectedness that we have. I'm fighting for my sons who are warriors, my daughters who are also, you know, to become queens. I mean, we just have this um, powerful tool when we can declare the truth of what we're fighting for, who we're fighting for, and then why don't we give up? Because um, sometimes we we do get stuck and we and we want to give up, but it just gives us courage if we can remember remember who we are as well is really powerful. And I love the journaling tool. Um, journaling is huge to be able to, you know, write a letter to God um ask him for his help or report how how your day has gone hopefully you had some successes in those daily battles and that's that's powerful too the journaling yeah wow it's awesome isn't it interesting to notice that there are tools for men and for women and they appeal to both kinds of people and both of them are excellent ways to fight the enemy in the right way and to not allow him to get in there to convince us to fight with each other and misdefine what's really going on and what we love so much. So good. 
Well, before we end our interview, I'd like to just invite you to, to just share just some final thoughts on hope and healing, or even if you'd like to just answer something along the lines that Jennifer just did, the Q1 question, the what, why are you fighting and why don't you just give up uh, related to what your reasons are, and then we'll be done. I would say that no matter how impossible the situation might feel, that there is, there is always hope, there is always healing, and, and we know that God has promised us that nothing is impossible to him. And when the scriptures say that the atonement is infinite and eternal, there is nothing, there is nothing bigger than what the atonement can't conquer. The atonement gives us the gift to change, to change anything. And, and there's, we, we did a online webinar a few weeks ago with, with a marriage couple that was actually, they had separated. They were considering drying up the divorce papers. And so we were interviewing them about how they made it through and how they healed and reconnected and, and saved their marriage. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing that we realized um, as we talked together is that there's always help for those who ask. And sometimes that is the key in how we ask. So ask. Ask the right questions, ask the right people, and keep asking until you get the help that you need because it's there. There's always help for those who ask. Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you. Okay, Jennifer? Yeah, and to go along with that, um, I also would add that all healing does come through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we always talk about why are we fighting? And that's one of my big reasons is remembering him and remembering that we really are preparing the world for his second coming. And um, there are so many resources and tools and support out there that we can um, take advantage of that he has blessed us with. And as my husband said, we only need to ask and we will be given the help and the healing and the support that we need through our Savior Jesus Christ. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Andy and Jennifer. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us.